poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Philosophical Friday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and Duncan Palamortis. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson, and I'm joined by Duncan Palamortis because today is Philosophical Friday. Duncan, welcome back, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good, sir. How's life with you? Life is good. Life is good. Uh, I can't really complain. Everything's, I'm gearing up to go out to the World Series of Poker for about a week in Vegas, which should be pretty exciting. Um, get to hang out and, yeah, formally meet some folks who have been on the podcast, including yourself in, I, in the real world for the first time coming, you know, out of this pandemic. So, I know. exciting. Likewise, yeah, I think it's going to be really, really good time. I really like the the World Series. Uh, probably I'm going to be playing the, the side games for the most part. I mean, but we can't resist. We're probably going to. My wife and I are going to play a couple of events. Maybe we'll see. Can't resist. Can't resist the events, huh? All right. That's right. Well, let's, we'll see how you feel after you enter the first event. And I, I always regret it. You know, it's like <laughs> why, why, why am I doing this again? You know, from a business standpoint, it makes no sense. You know, it's like the hourly is so much better than the cash games. But you know, it's. It's it's the dream. It, it's fun, you know. Just go and watch people. It, it's fun. Yeah, it's like the fifth donut, right? You, right, it's like, right. Oh, I shouldn't. I should. I really shouldn't. And then, but I uh, can't resist. And then that's right. You take a bite, and you're like, "Oh my god, what did I do?" <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the What's the topic for today's philosophical breakdown? Yeah. So t- uh, today we're thinking of delving into the idea of fun versus profitability. Um, and uh, to just give a little bit of a background to to the listener, uh, while I was while I was writing the book, uh, I was always trying to explain what the book is all about in fewer and fewer words, right? And it, it, it started back, uh, back cover blurb. Ex- exactly, it, it started you know with a paragraph. You know me, you know I start. Sometimes I remember to finish my sentences. Sometimes I don't. You know, I end up, you know, writing that, something. That, that, that's what makes you such a great podcast host, by the way. You, <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I think that's all my biggest weaknesses. So, oh man. Uh, now, 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 I got the zing. Okay. So, anyway, so I was, I was, I was writing uh, the a paragraph essentially, and then you know, then I was trying to say, well, it's about you know the what. Um, players can do to, uh, to win money at the poker table and what they couldn't do, then I was like, okay, maybe it's more about why money flows from uh, amateurs to professionals in the long run. Okay, that seems shorter. But then I realized it really is, this book, a battle between fun and profitability. Because the two heroes of the book, Alex versus Bobby, they battle it out with having different priorities. Alex, the professional, prioritizes profitability over having fun. Whereas Bobby, the amateur, prioritizes having fun over, over having profitability. And that's basically what drives the entire book. And what kind of decisions do we make? So I thought maybe it would be a good idea to discuss, first of all, the difference between the two. You know, uh, what are the uh, main incentives for going one way or another? 
are they mutually exclusive questions like that yeah for for sure and yeah just off the top of my head a lot of questions spring to mind so yeah let's let's dive into today's concept and start breaking it down absolutely absolutely so one question we can start is um again what are the main is incentives for playing poker I, we we alluded to two of them but uh would we say what are what are some in, in incentives what are some reasons that people are, are are playing poker brad what do you think are some i think social interactions right? mm -hmm. in live poker specifically just getting out being around other human beings i think humans are social creatures so that fills right. a clear need um yeah i think the sweat the fun the sweat. To, to make money i think all, all of these things are other reasons why folks show up at the casino and plop down with a bunch of money and play cards absolutely i i would agree with that and you know if you think about it typically they they would fall under those two categories right i mean social interaction is fun you know like what having people you know um playing playing those home games sometimes you know eating pizza drinking beer having fun you know and not being a stickler for the rules and things like that uh and then of course there's always the underlying um incentive to make money either consistently or just oh i really want to beat you in in this one pot right i mean you know like this is this is again it's trying trying to make money the, the competitive aspect competitive aspect of it well I, I guess we the one thing that i would like to to ask you is you know you, you mentioned that alex prioritized fun profitability over fun profitability over fun bobby right. prioritizes fun so yeah, right bobby is the dummy um <laughs> <laughs> for i guess the first question is bobby in this situation right it isn't as if they can access higher poker knowledge in the moment and they're choosing to say no i, I don't want to do the right thing i want to do the wrong thing right uh, i don't think it's this it's like a conscious choice right okay so this is actually very interesting that, that, that you bring it up and and it opens up an entire uh an entire stream of of, of ideas and thoughts right um one of of the reasons why this topic resurfaced is because i i watched a, a video recently of warren buffett addressing the shareholders in the annual berkshire hathaway meeting and one of the things that he said actually posted the video on twitter if anybody wants to to check it out basically he said when he was 21 year, 21 years old he went to flamingo uh and he saw so many people being so well dressed flying thousands of miles around the country just to come and make poor mathematical decisions as he put it right and then he realized in that moment i'm gonna be very very rich <laughs> right which which actually which actually makes sense so now why am i saying this because again from his perspective it's it's a dumb it's a dumb decision i personally take a slightly different approach and it's the approach that we've been discussing last week right i mean people assign price to the sweat people assign a price to you know um being dressed flying you know thousand miles or whatever it is flying you know from across the country or sometimes from different countries just to go and have a little bit of a sweat for the opportunity to win even right. though you know that you know long term you might not yeah, and it's also like a feeling right you get on the plane you have that feeling of anticipation for arrival you're planning out all the things you're going to do what you're going to play uh, imagining like how it's going to feel all, all of these things I, I think those are all 
positives um, when you really look at them. Correct, and 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 I would say uh, I would say that this is part of the reason why you know I wouldn't characterize necessarily Bobby as the dummy, and I was uh, very careful. <laughs> <laughs> I was very careful to you know to to make that to make that clear in the book. To be fair, I do think that there are uh, Bobby wannabes and there's also Alex wannabes. Like to me, those people who are actually trying to prioritize profit over fun, but they end up prioritizing fun over profit. These are the quote unquote dummies, if we were to use like a, a derogatory term. And similarly, you know, if, if Alex really wants to have fun, but then tries to prioritize profitability over fun, again, she's the dummy there too, because she's not really true with herself, what it is that, that she wants to do. And just if I make like one more side comment in my classes, typically, that's the very first thing that I tell to people. I want everybody to feel at ease. If you want to gamble, you're more than welcome to do so. It's a safe environment. You can do anything you want. Of course, it's not for real money, but you know you can do anything you want. There's no there's no ju judgment because again, different people fall into different categories. So, really, one thing that I I think we need to define is like what is fun, right? Mm. Because fun means vastly different things to vastly different people, and to me, those two concepts are are not always mutually exclusive. Which is perfect because it it brings it brings us to a, a segue to the next question. Are fun and profitability mutually exclusive, and 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 to what extent? And in order to do that, we will need to to give them a little bit of a of a definition. Yes. So no, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> right. That's uh, very good. End of podcast. Thank you everybody yep. for joining well, us. It good, was a pleasure. Good stuff. Well done. Yep. <laughs> you want to take it away? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so the fun. I mean. Again, I think it's subjective, right? I don't think there's one universal definition for fun. I think some for some people, fun is competing to the best of their ability, making the best possible decisions that they can make. Some people, fun is, for fun is a sweat, right? It's like just making decisions that are you know, knowingly bad just so that you get the extra sweat, right? You get to see it. It, is this uh, deuce tray suited going to make a straight flush, right? Like you get to have that option too. So I think like, you know, fun in most cases, as far as I found, I don't think that anybody enjoys losing. Mm -hmm. I think that losing for everyone is pretty unfun. Maybe there's somebody out there that loses and they think it's just fun in a grand old time, but I have yet D to meet David Goggins, maybe. Maybe he's uh, fueling his... <laughs> yeah, so I think like masochism is a different uh, thing that, that that could be addressed here where fun is actually the unfun thing. Um, right. It's like opposite day for adults. But uh, yeah, like I, I mean, I think winning typically is fun or break even is fun. I, I think maybe just like not losing your pants is considered fun. Um, hard for somebody to get buried and leave the table and feel like they had a great time i i would imagine sure yeah but you know the, the interesting thing is that I've, I've seen people you know commonly referred to as whales uh, losing uh massive amounts of money at the poker table and be far more happy when they leave the table than some you know uh, truly miserable you know regs that's sitting at the table and they actually they're running pretty yeah pretty well so it really like you said i mean it's it's very 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 subjective um, and, and part of the reason, we, you know, when it comes to uh, 
these definitions, you know, I'm, I'm also a big proponent of that they're highly subjective and we need to be very careful when we define them and, think, define them and things like that. But part of the reason why I'm using these words like fun and profitability, I think there is a, uh, a certain contradictory element uh, when we're trying to uh, maximize profit and uh, when we're trying to have fun. So even though profitability is itself fun and sometimes the two coincide, I would say this is more of a happenstance than something natural. So in other words, these two goals have their own life and sometimes they align, they happen to align, sometimes they don't. So in, in whatever definition we give. So the, I guess the point that I'm trying to, to make is that for example, if for someone folding is not very fun because folding means, you know what, you, you lose an opportunity to do something great, even to a great player, then if in a certain spot folding is the right option, then at that point fun screams, call, 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 or raise, 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 like st stay in the hand, and then profitability says fold. So my point is there will be spots like that. There will be spots where one goal says one thing and the other goal says another thing. These spots will be different for different people depending on how they define it, but they will always be there. Yeah, and that's more in the micro, right? More um, in the micro, exactly, and it can show up. And as a matter of fact, I think part of the reason why it, like a, a less painful experience and it definitely a... Uh, a, a, a torture-less experience in poker is to find a way so that we can make fun and profitability so, somehow align, right? Yeah. I mean, this is more spiritual and, you know, goes at a different level. But perhaps finding the, the idea that, you know what, in this spot, I'm folding this hand every single time. I don't care, you know, if the flop comes, gives me the nuts or whatever, that hand is gone. I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm, I'm found peace with that decision, something like that. Um. Zooming out a little bit, it just mm -hmm. kind of hit me that what I think is like fun is the experience of the poker session to the individual player, whether or not it's something that they would like to do again, whether or not they created a fond memory um, that they enjoyed, right? I, I think ultimately that's what drives the definition of fun. And, you know, when you said, mentioned those regs who are miserable, right? I would say that like they're not having fun. Like they're, they're not playing this game for fun. They are playing the game solely for uh, money. And I would also argue that if those miserable regs um, like weren't so miserable at the poker table, they would probably make more money is that's sort of the, the irony of the situation is they would increase their hourly rate if they were more curious and um, you know, less pessimistic. Uh, than than they tend to be, um, and then zooming in, as you said, uh, just a decision to call or fold, like folding, doesn't tend to be very fun. Um, even when you make a hero fold that turns out to be correct, it's like a bittersweet. You know, you you feel great that you were able to read the situation cleanly, that you folded. You know, I, I folded uh, I folded kings like three or four times pre flop in my poker career, and um, I've been shown aces every single time and one was in a poker tournament a long time ago. And, uh, you know, they, they showed aces. I folded my Kings, I actually folded them face up because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm 21 years old and that's what, what 21 year olds do. Um, and then I realized like after the hand, like 
well, shit, I, I still lost half my stack. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I still lost 30% of my chips in this, in this thing, even though it feels like I won um, that sit situation, I, I still lost a significant amount of my stack. So like, even when you make a hero fold correctly, a lot of times it's still bitter because you, you do lose the pot, right? Absolutely. Um, whereas like, I think calling is definitely more fun. It's exploring your curiosity. It's being able to like see, hello, Mr. Deck, let me unwrap this present that you've delivered to me and then see what's inside, you know? And, and it also gives you the potential, you know, to manipulate a situation later. If you are an advantage player, you can find other, other spots. Whereas the, and again, if I, if I were to go into like a small thread that can actually be a podcast topic in itself, folding feels like giving up. Sure. Right. And, and, and the, the, the issue about giving up is that it has a negative connotation. However, one of the lessons, you know, poker has taught me is that uh, giving up a strategic giving up is essential in life. Right. Again, so, like something that life has taught me, like right, life many right? benefits to giving up, quitting, quitting a job, getting out of a shitty relationship, exactly. um, you know, just distancing yourself from a toxic friend or family member. Like there, there's a lot of utility in giving up. Absolutely. And again, I mean, this is probably something we can do like an entire podcast on, because again, sometimes giving up is the easy way out also. So it Correct. creates a very interesting dichotomy. Just giving up is not, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, I'm having this conversation with 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 my wife, uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, this is a rule for me, like I, I don't like to skip uh, um, gym sessions. And my rationale behind it is that if I start skipping even a single session, you know, let's say every three months or four months or whatever, then uh, it might be a snowball effect. Maybe then, you know, my, my eating habits are going to go down or maybe, you know, maybe I can be late to one of my sessions with my students, right? Because what's, what's, it's once every three months. And then from there, starting to give up in one thing, maybe you start giving up on your relationship or, you know, or, or you give up on yourself, you know, like very bad things can, can snowball from there. So it is yeah. important. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to, you can finish your, your. No, your, I think I made my point. Yeah. So then. Yeah, so so it's basically like uh, you don't want to be Fat Thor, you know. We we don't want <laughs> Fat don't Duncan, fat, Thor, fat yes. Duncan showing up for Philosophical Friday with a Twinkie, um, <laughs> barely Thor. barely coherent, no sleep. <laughs> Ragnarok was an amazing movie, by the way. Like if you if you haven't watched it, I think that was hilarious. I didn't expect that. That was anyway. That's sorry. I was in game, in game, Duncan. Come on, get get your act. I thought together. it was I thought it was Ragnarok when he was uh, Fat. No. No, it was the second they, second uh, Avengers in game where they were battling Thanos. Get it, get it right, Duncan. When he on. was fought, okay, I thought it was Ragnarok. Anyway, so uh, I guess Ragnarok was the one where he uh, it was just him and uh, like cracking jokes all the time with his uh, with his sister. It was like, Hulk. Uh, being the villain. No, yeah. It, yeah, it was Thor and Hulk and Hela. Yeah, she she was the villain. And, okay, all um, right. Val Valkyrie. Okay. Oh, and Jeff Goldblum. See, oh, of course, of see, course. See what yeah. happens. I we, we got sidetracked. <laughs> I made my fat Thor, and we we fell right into the world of Marvel. If you actually asked me to bet, I would bet uh, like you know some pretty good money. Uh, so I guess I guess you saved me. So uh, it was on Ragnarok. Yeah, they all blend in after a while. Yeah, Endgame was fun too. All right, Both all right. Anyway, so, <laughs> what were you talking about? Where where are we now? <laughs> you said you said you don't want to you don't want us to be you know fat Thor's you know like this. No, you specifically. Okay, me I don't specifically. Want you. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm okay with being fat Thor. That's okay. <laughs> I aspire one day. 
it's 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 the Thor part you're being excited about, <laughs> right? You know, as like being a, a Nordic god, or yeah. Yes, exactly. And uh, incidentally, like, uh, uh, do you do you think that uh, there are? Um, uh, let's start with our question first, and then we can get to the other one uh, later. Do you think there are some uh, limits or boundaries uh, in in having fun and and and, and profitability? Do you think that um, these terms, uh, you know, by definition are restrictive? What do you mean by that? Um, like, for instance, um, one, I guess, one example that comes to mind is when we when we try and make, a, you know, like a profit, let's say you, you play at, uh, I don't know, like uh, the low stakes in Vegas, like one, three or two, five, it's probably, you know, infeasible, for example, to expect to have like, I don't know, like a $100 per hour hourly rate, like at those stakes, right? I mean, it's probably, th th that's some boundaries that they're in profitability. Um, do you also think there's probably some similar boundaries uh, when it comes to, to fun? Because like sitting at the poker table. I, I've played in some private games in Los Angeles, and it, it certainly appears at those games that there's no boundary for the amount of <laughs> I know what you poker. mean. I know I had that feeling before. I mean, I had some pretty crazy sessions. I don't know. Like I always remind myself it's probably not sustainable, but, you know, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, 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 I'm just outside of like, you know, everybody getting rowdy and grabbing an ax and chopping down the poker table. I, I think that's probably too much fun, but in general, it's hard to have too much fun at a poker table. I, I think that we can look directly at the recent hustler stream that we talked about last week, where mm -hmm. everybody's having a grand old time, just getting the money in and again and again, it didn't look as if outside of, you know, the one poker professional in the game, um, didn't look like many people were not having fun during that poker session, which, yeah, to me, that's sort of like the, just the, the gold standard of fun at a poker table and what really, um, poker players, poker pros should be trying to facilitate on a regular basis. Absolutely. Because again, as, uh, another thing that, um, I sort of realized by playing poker for a long time, I used to. I used to do things that I'm no longer doing. Like, for example, I would go to the poker table. I try to, you know, stick to myself, you know, don't pretend that I'm not there, you know, for, for a long time. I thought, even though I'm a very social person uh, in, 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 in real life, I just thought it would be, it would be best. But I realized that keeping people, um, who are not necessarily entertainers, but keeping people uh, entertained um, and keep a, a joyful experience is is better for the game. It's better for, it's better for you. Like like you described earlier, you know, miserable people uh, hurt their bottom line. So it helps for a, for the environment to be nice, and it helps your bottom line as well. For sure. I, I mean, again, we're we're looking at creating experiences that people enjoy, right? That people look back fondly on. And I mean, to be fair, also creating these experiences for ourselves, right? Like I I, I want as many. Um, experiences that I can look back fondly on myself. And if I'm going to spend a lot of time at a poker table, well, then I, I may as well be creating fond memories that aren't rooted in whether or not it was a winning session or a losing session. Yep, absolutely. And and this actually sort of like brings us naturally to, to the question of, um, do you think that poker players in some sense 
are, and I, I'm assuming when I say poker players, I mean professional poker players, advantage players, winning players, however you want to put it. Do you think they're, uh, we are taking advantage of those who want to have fun in some sense? I don't know. I think it's a tough question because like, does the, is, is the gym taking advantage of people that want to get in shape because it's there and folks go to it with, you know, a specific need or goal in mind of mm -hmm. what they're looking to experience? Um, I, I don't think so personally, but maybe your opinion differs from mine. No, that's actually a good way of putting it. You know, there is, and, and that's how I like to, to put it. So essentially what you're saying is that the free markets uh, determine what kind of needs are there. And one way of, 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 of uh, so you gave the example of the gym or of a business, you know, the, the business is there because people want to go in a certain place, whether it's a, you know, uh, it's a fitness business or it's a restaurant business. People are hungry and they want to have food and the restaurant business gives them food or they want to work out and they give them the equipment to do so. And similarly, there's a very similar need uh, for humans to battle other humans at the field. And essentially what professionals are doing, they're giving them action. Did, did which you say it, bottle? Like a uh, butler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one thing, one thing about me, like I can't, um, the nuance. So if you ask me the difference between the word beach and the other one that uh, beach, I can't, I can't really, you know, <laughs> hear the, the nuance. Yes. So people are having so, fun so of me. Yeah. The poker players, they're buttling the other players at the table. Like, go, go on. <laughs> Which I don't hear it, by the way, as you see it. It's like, yes, that's exactly what I said. It sounds, sounds perfect. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who used to make fun of me of saying the word mustache. I used to say mustache. Because again, I can't, I can't hear this subtle, subtle. <laughs> so I, I, I love it. So just um, butchering the, uh, the English language since yes. I was a teenager. Reason so. number two that you got hired for this podcast co-hosting gig <laughs> audience. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, unapologetically, you know. So uh, ruining everybody's days and lives. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Uh, and now, and now I lost my train of thought. What we're talking about? <laughs> battling the other players. That was battling. Right. right. Yeah. Battling. So, right. So uh, basically, um, the, there is a need. Sometimes people are saying that, uh, um, you know, if there weren't recreational players, there wouldn't be an, any poker. I would say it's probably the other way around. If it wasn't for uh, professionals to be there day in and day out, games wouldn't even start. That's why, like in certain casinos, they have uh, shields. They have people who, you know, they are at the table to just get the game started. So the professionals are usually the ones who, uh, by being consistent, being there at the casino day in and day out, they they get uh, the the games going. And, of course, for the record, too, from from the, you know, the platform or the operator standpoint, that they, they seem to have such a negative view of the pros. However those pros and the people that put in the most hours at your casino are your best customers. Like they are generating the most amount of rake and the most amount of money over the long term. C correct. Correct. Exactly. Correct. And, and I think you nailed it and nailed it in the head. Uh, pros are customers. I know some people using the metaphor that we are the house and recreational players. No, no, no. The house is the house. We're just a, a customer that can bring more customers. So there's certain levels to it because we pay rake as well. And we pay a tremendous amount of rake. Lots. We pay a, lots of rake, right? I mean, you know, I did some estimation, like something like north of 20,000 
dollars a, a year, if not more. And, and you know, now rate has increased also. So the numbers, like my calculations were from earlier. We pay a lot of tips. So we are not the house. Like we take all, we assume all the risk and uh, we don't have the, the long run uh, in our disposal the same way that the house does. We are not the house, but we're not exactly, you know, your typical customer either. We're somewhere, somewhere in between. I just want to. Yeah, uh, for sure. I agree. hundred percent. Make that. Um, and um, so um, I guess another question there to possibly address is that, uh, are there similar examples in real life? And by that, I mean, are there situations where we have some sort of a dichotomy, not necessarily mutually exclusive, but independently living on its own, trying to satisfy its independent goals that uh, often, uh, very often, as a matter of fact, is at odds? Hmm. I don't know. This, uh, If I could have thought about it uh, a little bit, Maybe I could come up with some something. But... I, I think you you mentioned something earlier, right? I mean, uh, you mentioned something earlier which would spark something in me, and, and maybe that's what you probably had in mind, perhaps. But let's let's see. The uh, you mentioned earlier, for example, that uh, um, if the the regular players were not as miserable, they would be more profitable, and that kind of like reminded me of like nine nine to five. Like that immediately sparked. I I don't know. Did did you have something to say about this? Like maybe a similarity with like a nine to five. No, or, 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 okay. I, I had I was going literally oh. nowhere with that oh, that, okay. that comment. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. No. I was just because again, it it like that's the the first the first picture that came to to my mind as you were you were describing this because it it felt like you know uh, those regulars. Um, they're going to their, their cubicle, essentially, even though that cubicle is a felt and it has a bunch of other people, which is basically nearby cubicles. They're very miserable. And to me, that sounds, although there's nothing wrong with a cubicle, by the way, I know people who work nine to five and they're very happy with their lives. It really does depend on your situations, your goals, your environment, all of that stuff. So I'm not downplaying any of that. Um, but another example would be like that, you know, basically your day job, right? Yeah. Um, you it can make, be, mo make money or work. It, you, you could be fun, but you probably don't want to have too much fun. Exactly right. And, 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 and I would say that there is like a very common, um, I would call it personally bad advice, you know, um, which is essentially misquoting Confucius, who said, you know, love what you do and you won't have to work a single day in your life. That's what Confucius said. But then there's people who like, you know, follow your dream, you know, just go... And those people who say follow your dream, <laughs> probably, you know, they haven't um, uh, necessarily had serious hiccups in their lives and have like, you know, trouble bringing money at the table and have a family, you know, being being starving. This usually, this type of comments come from people who have been successful or who've been lucky enough in their lives. You know, they're people who really, really struggle to bring uh, money at the table. And, you know, sometimes there's like... Um, disadvantages, some people are handicapped in, and all of that stuff. So, um, but and, and, any, any thoughts, any thoughts about that? You know, the, 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 the battle between um, fun and profitability uh, as it pertains to the struggles of the, of the everyday life, try to make a living on one, on one hand, but at the same time, try to satisfy an inner need to um, have an accomplishment, be useful to society, be happy about yourself, how you contributing uh not really okay. i think uh i think you summed it up quite well um but, just kind of you know when you were talking 
about the nine to five, it, it reminded me of a little allegory um, about a monk who was sweeping. And I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before and likely butchered the story before, but um, he asked his master, you know, what do I need to do to reach enlightenment? And the master said, sweep the temple. And he sweeps the temple and he's, what now? Well, go sweep the temple. And he swept the temple, you know, for well over five years and um, was sitting there in the middle of sweeping the temple and then everything hit him all at once. He reached enlightenment and he just felt it and he understood exactly what his master was doing. And then he just kept sweeping the temple. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And that's sort of like what it it reminds me of, right. In that we're in this thing, spending a lot of energy and it's not so much um, the relationship of the thing to you. It's your relationship to the thing that ultimately uh, should be prioritized. And so Look inward instead of outward, I guess. Very, very well said. And it's also, this is it, right? Right here, right now. It's not at some point in the future that doesn't exist and will never exist, right? It's, it's, it's right here, right now. Like, you know, sometimes people are asking, what would you do if you knew you would die, you would die tomorrow? Well, hopefully the same things that I've been doing every day, right? Because like, I'm just going to spend more time with my, my wife, you know, do work, you know, with my students. Like, what else am I, am I going to do? You know, like play, play video games that I like, you know, read the books that I like, you know, go to the gym. What, what else are, are we going to do? Like, if we don't enjoy the day to day, what we're doing, then we're probably doing it wrong, right? Because it's never, it's never going to, going to change. By the way, that was wax on, wax off for anybody who's watching us on... <laughs> Uh, Mr. Miyagi, this is childhood hero of mine. So uh, that, that was Karate Kid, though, right? I mean, I didn't get this movie wrong, did I? No, right? no, it's right. It's, it's, okay, okay. Right, right, right movie. Good, good, good. Okay, just ma- ma- making sure my track record not so great when it comes to movies. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, yeah, no, you, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and this, this is, by the way, like a, a wonderful story. Like the idea of, you know, looking... Look, look, look on the inside, uh, not not on the outside, right? And and try to essentially create create your own meaning. You know what you can uh, can can makes you can make you happy. Maybe that's another topic also for the future. You know, trying to find meaning meaning in poker and things that we do in life. Let us know in the comments, uh, Greatness Village, uh, if you have any any questions about that, and you know if you're interested in a topic like this. Absolutely. Um, there is one more thing that I wanted to mention about um, the. Examples. There is a very interesting example in physics of all places of a similar, I guess we can call it dichotomy of two things which uh, are not mutually exclusive at first glance, glance, excuse me, but fundamentally they are. And um, this is has a technical term. It's called Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. And to to simplify essentially what it says. It says that when things are very small, like when we're talking about small, we're talking about like, you know, atoms or the constituents of atoms, you know, electrons, protons, like very small things, the particles very small. It is impossible to locate the position of that little thing and the uh, velocity in which it's moving. So we cannot say where it is and how fast it's moving at the same time. So as we narrow it down its location, we have uncertainty on its uh, technically momentum, but or how fast it's going. And as we narrow down how fast it's going, we have uncertainty on where it is. 
And it's interesting that, you know, life, even at a a scientific level, even at a fundamental level, comes with these things, sort of trade-offs that we cannot have um, uh, one and the other at, at, at the same time. So I guess my point is we can't have everything. You know, sometimes we just have to make make sacrifices. Yeah, and, and that's be, okay. be at peace with what you can have. And yeah, just be grateful for that, um, which I think is a good way to close down today's episode of Philosophical Friday. Great stuff Absolutely. as always, man. Absolutely. No, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And Brad, where, where can people find us? Uh, and uh, if they have questions or ideas for new topics. Yeah. Greatnessvillage.com. There's a hashtag philosophical Friday channel pop in there tag at coach Brad or at Duncan and give us your suggestions and questions and we'll do our best to get back to you. Absolutely. And also where can people find you on Twitter? I don't know what my Twitter handle. I think it's <laughs> at CPG Podcast. <laughs> professional podcasters here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not a professional <laughs> tweeter. Uh, I'm a professional no. podcaster. Podcaster, yes. Uh, and uh, at uh, Ask the Math DR, and also on YouTube, you can find us uh, on uh, um, uh, uh, Brad's youtube channel or my youtube channel uh chasing poker greatness or why alex beats uh, bobby uh, at poker or just you know google our names that's probably easier <laughs> find either one of yeah. us thank you for listening we'll catch you next week take care man. thanks for listening to chasing poker greatness you can subscribe on apple podcasts or on your favorite podcast app go to chasingpokergreatness.com to get the newsletter Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.